Unlike many other countries, the United States doesn't have a national voting holiday. This means that because American elections take place during the week, employees who work day jobs must ask off, leave work early, or arrive late if they want to vote. With the 2020 presidential election only a couple of months away, and with research predicting unusually high voter turnout, you no doubt have workers who are excited to cast their votes. So in this episode of HR Party One, we're going to discuss employer requirements for employee voting. Specifically, where the U.S. stands on a national voting holiday, if employers are required to provide time off for employees to vote, and, and some additional voting protections in place. So let's get started. Where does the U.S. stand on national voting holidays? Of the 37 member countries in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, 27 hold their national elections on the weekend. Two more hold elections on weekdays, but those dates are designated as national holidays. Meanwhile, election day in the U.S. isn't a national holiday. And it always falls on a Tuesday. An NPR story from 2012 shines some light on why that's the case. And because we're talking history, that means we get another edition of one of my favorite segments, Timeline Time, where we get you up to speed on HR's present by explaining the past. Yeah, boy! Back in the 1700s and early 1800s, states set their own voting dates, resulting in chaos, confusion. In 1845, Congress finally set a firm election date. Lawmakers decided Sunday was out. People went to church, and it was typically the day when people would travel to the polls in their buggies after church. Mondays were out because it was the day when most people would arrive at polling locations after their travel. Wednesdays were market day for farming communities, and most of America was agrarian, so that left Tuesdays. Amazingly, that's why Americans vote on Tuesdays. 200 years later, a lot has thankfully changed since 1845, but Tuesday remains our national voting day for presidential elections. And because millions of people work on Tuesdays, finding time to vote before, during, or after the workday can be a significant obstacle for workers. And much of this burden falls not only on workers, but on employers. And while more than 600 private companies like Nike and J.P. Morgan Chase have pledged to offer paid time off on election day, or to make it a day without meetings, this still represents only a small percentage of total U.S. companies. The Policy Institute uh, Workplace Fairness tells us that a majority of American states require employers to permit employees to take some time off to vote. In more than a dozen states, Election Day is actually a paid holiday for many workers. Virginia most recently made this change. But elsewhere, employees must ask off, vote early, or, or arrive late to the polls. Rules and regulations differ from state to state. Voting protections can be broken down into three general categories. First, time off requirements whether employers must provide time off for workers to vote, including how much time they must provide. Two, paid leave requirements, whether employers must provide paid leave for workers who do take time off to vote. And third, advance notice requirements, whether employers need advance notice before workers take that time off. Let's look at three different states and how each applies these categories to their voting protections. In Arkansas, employers are required to adjust employees' work schedules on election days so that employees can vote. This time off isn't required to be paid and no advance notice is needed. In Ohio, employers are required to permit employees to take reasonable time off from work to vote. However, employers are only required to provide paid voting leave to salaried employees and, and no advance notice is required. Meanwhile, in Montana, no laws require employers to grant time off to employees who wanna vote. 
If you'd like to find your state's full voting leave requirements, use the Employment Law Handbook and search by state leave laws. I'll leave a link in the description. Now let's cover other voting protections. While slightly different from voting requirements, HR professionals also need to know that there are regulations in place that protect workers from voter intimidation in the workplace. According to the Society for Human Resource Management, uh, SHRM, almost every state prohibits employers from firing or punishing workers who take time off to vote. This can include voter discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. But once again, these laws do vary from state to state. For example, in Bernie Portal's home state of Tennessee, employers aren't permitted to coerce or force employees to vote for a specific candidate or for a specific proposal. They're also restricted from punishing employees who vote against their wishes or from distributing a statement that's intended to coerce employees to vote for a specific candidate or, or proposal. The protections and repercussions can be found using that same workplace fairness resource I mentioned earlier. You can also review corresponding state voter laws and penalties. Uh, for example, in some cases, the punishment could be individual fines of up to $2,500 for supervisors who prohibit employees from voting. That's how it works in Missouri. In other states, like Colorado, they take it really seriously. Certain companies can face what they call a corporate death sentence if they violate a voter protection law. In other words, the violating corporation could be forced to forfeit its charter and its right to do business in that state. Here's some homework. Between state requirements and protections against workplace intimidation, there's a lot of room for HR to add value for its organization and employees. You can help get this right. Here are three key steps you can take right now. First, review state voting laws that correspond to your company, that apply to you. Evaluate your company handbook or policies to, uh, to determine if language exists regarding voting and update it accordingly. Consider implementing a new, more flexible time off policy to replace your existing approach if it no longer makes sense. Each of these steps can help you better prepare your organization to be voter compliant, voter friendly in this November election and help your employees prepare to cast their votes. Whatever steps you decide to take or changes you decide to make, I suggest communicating those, sharing them either by email, intranet, or whatever your preferred method of communication is with your team. Even if you don't make adjustments to your voting leave rules or policy, share your organization's existing policy with your whole team well in advance of election day. This will allow them to make necessary changes to their schedule and, and for managers to plan accordingly. As always, I've included a few different resources in the description to help supplement this episode. For new HR Party of One episodes, subscribe to our channel and ring the bell. If this is your first time watching, welcome. We have a great backlog of past episodes that address important, evergreen HR issues. Voting is a key foundation of democracy. By thinking through what your organization's policy should be, you can make sure that you're compliant and communicate to your team that, that you, know, you value their citizenship as an American. Remember, your job is as strategic as you make it.